0: Hey, well, Tony announced that our our annual now, 5K, is coming up here over Fourth of July weekend, and I know that some of you are sitting there going, boy, if I could only do it. Well, let me tell you what, unless you had a hip replacement last week or you have a heart condition, you can do this. Did you hear me? There's no expiration date. You know, some of you maybe will... Time yourself with a watch. Others may use a calendar, but you can do it. You can do this. And it would be such a great thing for you to do it. You say, I've never done a 5K. I've never done anything like that. Would you like me to walk you through four weeks and get you ready for it? Say yes. Yeah. Sure you would. If you're a person who says, I've never done that before. I've ne-. Here's, the first, here's what you're going to do this week. Are you ready? Today, you're going to sign up for the race. That is the most important thing you can do. Because without that goal, and without your 20 bucks out of your pocket, you'll give up. So today, you're going to sign up for the race. If you don't have 20 bucks, ask Dennis here. You've got a lot of money, don't you? All right? Dennis will help you out. Sign up today. And then here's what I want you to do this afternoon. I want you to get in your car, and I want you to drive around and figure out a one-mile route in your neighborhood. All right? Go through this block, that block, and just determine a one-mile route through your neighborhood. And then I want you to go through it again, and I want you to stop, and I want you to note, note on a little piece of paper, or your phone or whatever, where every tenth of a mile is. Okay? Every tenth. So it's at that house, it's that tree or that cow. I hope the cow doesn't move, but whatever, wherever you are, you are going to note. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to walk that one mile. Just take your time. Take your time. Walk that one mile. And I want you to memorize where all those tents are, okay? Just memorize where the tents are. You only have to do it nine times, right? You know where home is, right? Okay. So I just want you to walk that. Maybe you do that today. Maybe you do that tomorrow. But then, a couple days from now, I want you to walk it twice. Ah. Memorize. And then, before you come back to church next week, I want you to walk it three times, okay? In a row. Okay. In a row. Take all the time you need. Don't even pay attention to the time. Doesn't matter. Just do that. All right? Then next week I'll tell you what to do, okay? You got to come back to find out. <laughs> but the single most important thing you can do today is sign up. You got to have a reason. Right? You got a reason? You got people in India. That's reason. People in India who don't have fresh water. That's reason. Okay. Good. Well, we're going to continue bless you with the Taking Babylon series today as we start to move toward the end of the series, actually. I'm not going to take time to review every message, which is one of the things I like to do just to bring everybody up to speed. But when you get this laid into a series, you can spend more time reviewing than you can bring in the actual new material. So if you're new to this series or uh, missed a bunch of it, get online, jump on our website and listen to some of those teachings uh, from before. Okay, But I would like to briefly revisit... Uh, a point from last Sunday's message that seemed to hit home with a lot of you from the comments and emails and stuff that I, that I received. And, and the point that I'd like to like to uh, revisit is that this idea that your most effective personal expression of pow- the power and authority of God will occur at the intersection of your calling, your gifting, and your situation. This, uh, this struck a chord with many of you that your most effective expression of the power and authority of God will come at the intersection of your calling, your gifting, and your situation. I received uh, an email from someone in the church with a very helpful insight, and she was asking the question, doesn't our situation change? And that's absolutely true, and it's important to think of that. Because while your calling, the call that God has upon your life, is something that develops, but it stays true. It stays true. It's a pretty consistent sense of calling. This is what I believe God has called me to do with my life. Your gifting generally stays fairly constant. And I hope that you experience lots of the spiritual gifts as you walk with Jesus. But I think you're going to find, if you read the scriptures and reflect on your life, that you have a core of a few spiritual gifts that really really characterize you. And that tends to stay fairly consistent. But what's always changing is what? Your situation. And you may change residence, you may change jobs. You, all kinds of things are changing around you. And so the, the, the dynamic part of that whole scenario there is bringing constant gifts, constant calling to a changing situation. All right? All right. So what I don't want you to do, as I was talking last week and and encouraging you to go find that power and authority that God has for you, I don't want you to try to go back and try to recreate a previous situation. You're in the situation you're in, right? This is the situation you're in. And so bring your calling, bring your gifting to that situation consistently and intentionally, and you'll see the power and authority of God released in your life. You all right with that? Okay, let's move on to today, and today we're going to talk about putting on the armor of God. Putting on the armor of God. I mean, this really couldn't be much more obvious, could it? If we're in battle, we need to wear the equipment. We need to wear the armor of God. We need to put something on us to protect us from the attack, but we also need to put something in our hand with which to attack. And this is what the Bible says, and it's called the armor of God. Let's pray. Father, as we come to this passage this morning, I thank you for every person here. It doesn't matter to me how long they've been walking with you or if they're still on the way. I thank you for every person here equally. And I know that they face things. They face a battle. I know the enemy hates them. And Lord, we don't like this, but we know it's true, and so we're just going to fight back. And we just ask for you to come in the time, this time of teaching and looking into your word so that we would not just be here somehow enlightened in our minds, but equipped in our spirits to be strong men and women who bear the armor of God and who actually, instead of surviving, surviving this walk, Lord, that we actually pose a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And I pray for this, and I pray that this church will more and more become known for being a place where the armor of God is, is, is worn and the battles of God are won. And so we invite you to come now in the, this time of teaching, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well the passage that I want to share with you this morning is found in your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 10 through 18 for you. Ephesians chapter 6, if you're newer to the Bible, that's, that's pretty far toward the back. Ephesians chapter 6. And Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. That's the passage. The context of this passage comes from the book of Ephesians which is one of four books in the New Testament that are often referred to as the the prison epistles. Along with Ephesians, there's Philippians, and there's Colossians, and there's the book of Philemon in the New Testament. They're called prison epistles. Uh, They're called epistles, uh, which is a church word for letters, right? If you're new to the church, you're suddenly discovering that we've made up a whole bunch of words that we have to explain to you. And so instead of saying letters, we say epistles. That's to make you feel uncomfortable, all right? And as you know here, I do everything I can to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. So this is one of four prison letters. Epistles, it can be so confusing as a new believer. you got apostles and you got epistles, and apparently the apostles wrote the epistles, and, and, and you just say, what, what's really going on here? Well, this is one written by this uh, apostle named Paul, okay? And uh, he's kind of a big deal in the New Testament, he wrote a lot of it. And, and this was one of them. And it's called the prison epistle because he was in prison at the time. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20, the text itself, you'll say, see that he says, I am an ambassador in chains. Twice uh, Paul was imprisoned, once in Rome and once in Caesarea. This is probably written from the Roman imprisonment, which you can read about in Acts chapter 28 if you're, if you're interested in that. It's called the prison epistle, and that's an important piece of the context for understanding this passage. Because if he's in prison, he has a lot of exposure to what? Guards, Roman guards, right? And so these people are parading around him all the time. There was a time he was under house arrest, but he was still guarded by these Roman guards. You know what these dudes look like. You can imagine them, right? And, uh, and so he saw them, and he saw the armor. The armor was always in front of him. And so that's part of the context. And isn't it cool how God uses, uses the plane to explain the mysterious And this is what's happening. And God inspired him to talk about this armor, the armor of God, this thing that needs to cover us if we're going to be effective in our fight. But in addition to that, this imagery of the armor of God would have been very well recognized by the people to whom he was writing because these guys were around and these guys were scary and these guys were impenetrable. And so he says uh, he's saying to these people, you know how you see this armor all the time? Well, God has armor for you. God has armor for you where you can be scary. You can be scary to the kingdom of darkness. That you can stand up and be impenetrable. He says, Stand firm then. And this is what he's calling for here. And it's uh, so that's part of the context. But for us, this armor of God passage is such a graphic reference to the fact that we are indeed in a battle. Yeah? We're in a battle. Christianity isn't nice. So church isn't nice. We're in a battle with high stakes. We're called to win this battle by the power of Christ. Well, the the pieces of this armor are, are in that passage, you know, this piece and that piece, and I don't want to spend too much time on the individual pieces, partly because although some of you are new to this material, many more of you are not. And some of you are products of growing up in Sunday school, and you had some Sunday school teacher who one day came in with a cardboard shield and a tinfoil helmet, and you can imagine all of that, right? And so I'm not going to spend too much time on the individual pieces. And one of the things I promise I won't do is put up a cheesy picture of one of those Roman soldiers, you know, and start pointing out his pieces. I just, I just think that that's way overdone, and so that's not something I'm really planning on doing today. So you're just going to have to use your imagination <laughs> as far as these particular pieces of the armor go. I'm sure, what I'm saying is so funny, but the pieces of the armor are in that passage there's a belt, there's a breastplate, there are shoes, there's a, a shield, there's a helmet, and there's a sword. And so I want you to just picture that, and in seeing that, I want you to notice that the off, offer of the armor of God to you is an offer that you are fully covered. You are fully covered by something that God wants to give you as you're engaged in this battle. And so if you just try to set aside the individual pieces and not be too distracted by that, in the end, what you'll see the pieces do for you is that what you end up with is truth, and you're covered with truth, and you're covered with righteousness, and you're you're ready, you have readiness, you have faith, you have salvation, and you have the word of God. So try not to get too wrapped up in the individual pieces of Roman gear, but look at what God's offering you. He's offering to clothe you with truth and righteousness and readiness and salvation and faith and the word of God. He is offering to clothe you in this so that you'll be fully equipped for the battle to which you're called. So, as you think about this, and maybe as you reflect on this passage later today, or throughout the week, I want you just to think about how complete this armor is. And what the individual pieces, the truth and the righteousness and the faith, etc., can do for your life. And you're characterized by this. These are the clothes you're wearing. And you're characterized by that. By the clothes you're wearing. If I wore a Shirt today was instead of this with a big blue M up here. Some of you guys would have serious problems with me as a person, wouldn't you? Because I'd be characterized by this team that you fear so much. And I, and I would be known by the clothes that I wear. Well, it's, so in Christ, he says, I want to dress you. I want to put truth on you. I want to put righteousness on you. I want to put salvation on you. I want to put faith on you. I want to put readiness. I want to put the word of God in your hand as a sword. This is what this passage is saying. We, we dare not come away you know, with, this, with, with the image of the cardboard shield and the tinfoil helmet. We're offering, God is offering us full, full equipping to successfully fight this fight. That's what the armor is about. And so, it becomes so necessary, doesn't it? You don't go to armor without or you don't go to battle without the armor. Well, I'd like for you to focus on one more thing in this passage, and that's the preposition that you're all wondering about. I just know you are. And that's this word of. I mean, this word of occurs through the whole passage. You've got this belt of truth, and you've got this breastplate of righteousness, and you've got these shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. You've got all these, you've got all this of throughout. And this word of is important. You know, you may say, what's the difference in a preposition? Throughout the Bible, you need to to pay special attention. For example, in Ephesians, where it says that we are saved by grace through faith, by grace, through faith. Those are important prepositions. We are not saved by faith. You're not saved by your faith. You're saved by the grace of God, which you access through faith. You're saved by the grace of God. Do you have faith today in the grace of God, in the offer of God's grace today through his son, Jesus Christ? Then you're saved. You're saved. You access that by faith. But it's it, or through faith by grace. And it's important to get those things straight. And here in this passage where it talks about the listen, the armor of God, what does that mean? I think I'm going to give you a characterization that I hope will be so helpful. Because the word of can have such a variety of applications. You may have to dial back a little bit in history, the English language, but it could be one's, one's place of origin. So it can be. You know, John of Columbus, right? Or Dennis of Lincoln Village. Or, so it would refer to your place of origin. It can re- refer to a possession. Well, that's the house of the Johnsons. It can refer to a possession. It can be something that proceeds from that person, the gospel of John. It proceeded from that person. It can be used interchangeably sometimes with about. So a tale of two cities is what? It's a tale about two cities, right? More or less. Um, but the most common use of this word of is perhaps it's described the, the substance of something. You know, a ball of twine, a ball of twine, so we, we can picture a ball, yeah, and we know the substance is twine. A bushel of corn, that's a relevant illustration for all you guys, I'm sure. Bushel is a measure, and I can immediately picture a bushel basket, can't you? And it's got ears of corn in it, yep. It's, it's, so it's uh, so the substance, talk about the substance. Um, you know, a, a box of lag bolts. Okay, West Sider's a box of ammo. Uh, you know, I mean, trying to get relevant with you guys here, you know. You're really... <laughs> You're, you're really really not interested in the box, are you? You're interested in the substance of the box. What's, and, and so when we get to this, this thing, I found it so helpful to think of the armor of God in this way. Because it is an armor of the very substance of God. Listen. It's the armor of the very substance of God. So when we put this truth and righteousness and salvation, all of these things which are God, When we put them on, I don't think of them any longer as like a piece, like the stuff that God has put in my closet for me to put on each day. I used to think of them that way. But now I I see it as God covering me. God covering me. That it's the armor of God. That it's the ball of twine. It's the armor of God. It's the armor of the very substance of God. And God wants to wrap me with his truth and cover me with his righteousness and put salvation on my head and keep my feet ready and keep my sh- faith in front of me and keep my sword sharp. Is this making sense? And this is God himself. Do you see, do you see how you become automatically, you become the, the victor when it's God who's covering you? You're not using something that is of God in, this, in the sense that he sort of sent it to you. But it's God Himself. I want you to try to appreciate the power of that way of looking at it. And see if as you, as you move from thinking the armor of God is something from Him, but that it's actually Him. And as you move into that realm and, and begin to consider it that way, I want you to see if things change. I consider myself, and you should too, to be a person who has a son or daughter of the living God is completely covered by Christ. That's right. Listen, Colossians chapter three, verse three says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You're completely covered. This is the this is the kingdom reality. And the armor of God is another way of embracing that, that you're completely covered by God. It's like a roll of copper wire that's insulated. You say, I'm going to go down to Lowe's, and I'm going to get a 250-foot roll of copper wire because I'm doing this. Well, how much of the copper do you ever see? Just the little pieces on the end you strip off to make the contacts, right? Because the rest is covered in what? Insulation. It's covered. But you call it copper wire, but by faith you believe the copper's in there, right? You don't see it. You don't touch it when it's plugged in. This is, the, this is the picture of the Christian. To be, to be fully, fully engulfed by God changes everything. It changes it. You become You become intentional in your walk with God but almost passive in watching God claim the victory in front of you. And yesterday, Karen and I in the afternoon prayed with a young lady to be delivered from evil spirits. It was awesome. It was awesome just to see those things come out and see the change in her. And we just, we just saw it. We watched it. We did our part. We brought our intention. We prepared ourselves ahead of time. We covered ourselves in God and then showed up to the moment and watched God do the work. This is the life you want, isn't it? You're inside. You're covered by God. And this is what I, I want you to do. I want you to try and appreciate this as a difference. Because the point of this passage is is this, verses 10 and 11. Finally, he says, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Listen, in His mighty power. In the same way, you could be in the power, right? You could be covered by the presence of God, the armor of God, and would effectively be in the power. As though you were in a swimming pool, surrounded by water, you're in the power. Be strong in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Listen to God's essential intent for you so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Isn't that what we're talking about in this series, Taking Babylon? It's taking stand and moving forward. In verse 13, he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. The full armor. You can't pick and choose this stuff when you invite God to come. You've got to take it all so that when the day of evil comes, when it comes, you, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Isn't this the goal of your life? Is to stand in the face of the enemy's opposition and to make progress? Well, the point is that the essential plan of God is not merely for you to survive as a victim of the devil's schemes, but to actually and consistently be victorious over the devil's schemes. And this I like to think of as the promise of the armor. The promise of the armor is victory. If you will trouble yourself, to develop the discipline of daily putting on this armor in faith, by faith, you'll see a difference. If you don't, you won't. Who needs this armor? Who needs this stuff? I mean, just pastors and missionaries. Anybody who struggles against sin? Teenagers? Do teenagers need this armor? Do you struggle against sin? Do you struggle? Aren't you struggling? Young people, aren't you struggling? Aren't, don't you want to be different than you are? I got a news flash for you. You're thinking, man, when I get older, I'll really be able to tackle this stuff. You got to tackle it now if you want to have it tackled later. It gets harder to tackle if you don't tackle it now. You want to put this armor on. You want to put this armor on. You want to embrace this teaching and this offer of God saying, teenager, I want to cover you. Young person, I want to cover you. Young adult, I want to cover you. You're single, you're married, children, not children. Young adult, I want to cover you with my presence. I want to cover you. I want to be your armor. You guys who are getting a few trips around the sun behind you, you need his armor? It's no easier now than it ever was, right? The more serious you get and the better you get at swinging the sword, the greater the opposition, isn't it? You need the armor. You need to ask God just to come and cover you up. And uh, you all need this armor. Who would go to battle without armor? It would be ridiculous. And the discipline of putting on this armor is something that I do every single day of every single week of every single month of every single year. I will not leave my house without putting on this armor in prayer. I will not. I don't remember when I started, but it's been decades ago that I saw this passage and I heard the calling of the Lord saying, dress yourself before you go out, man. And it's taken time for me to get to the understanding of this as God covering me. But what a difference it makes. This is a discipline I urge you to develop. Doesn't take long. I mean, you can't make it religious like, you know, you've got to stop. You've got to center down on God. You've got to say, Lord, I'm going out there. I don't want to go out uncovered. Cover me up. Learn these six pieces. They're on your body. You can learn them in 40 seconds. Learn them. Embrace them. You need this armor. Here's what I like to do. I, I've been there's this older song that's been rolling around in my head all week long, with regard to this. This particular passage, and it's an old song that we used to sing called "Cover Me." And uh, I just want to lead you in it right where you are. I just like for you to sit where you are, and if you can, if you can, just kind of turn your hands up and. Sing along if you know it. If you don't, it's pretty easy. You'll catch on pretty fast. But what I've been praying for all week is that at this time as we gathered, and I saw it pretty clearly on the wall this morning, that the Lord just wants to just rain down His presence over you. Cover you with His armor. Each piece. And just cover you, okay? Let's pray that the Lord would come and cover you.